0: Welcome to the Life Church Reno podcast. Here at Life Church, we seek to love God, love others, and make a difference. From wherever you're listening, we pray that this message impacts
1: you great to be with you guys today. Today we're in week two of a series that we're calling Hungry, a spiritual journey, more than just a series, a 21-day journey we're on to sort of set the tone for 2023, really asking God to do fresh things in our lives. And last week we, we we talked about this whole idea of being hungry to experience God more, know God more, and love God more, and we sort of based it out, out of it. The Sermon on the Mount where, where Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled and talked about this whole idea of what does it mean to really really be hungry to know God more and experience him more and to love him more and we talked about when the Bible talks about hunger and thirst it's at levels that we never experience in our lives in terms of physical hunger and physical thirst and so we, we talked about what would it look like to have an absolute desperation for God to do something fresh in our our lives and so at part of this 21-day journey we're all doing our best over these few weeks to, to be here live each week if at all possible and and then every day uh, you should be receiving a daily devotional from us if you don't already get the life church emails you can scan the the QR code back there make sure you get those and each week there's been some great each day there's been some great devotions coming out from some of our leaders here at life church just to help us in this 21 day journey and we talked about about how, how sometimes fasting from food or from distractions can be a great tool to sort of um, remind us of just how much we need God. And so many of us over the last week have taken part in some kind of fast. Many of us last Wednesday did a daylight fast where we where at, we didn't eat breakfast Wednesday morning, didn't eat lunch Wednesday at lunchtime. And then every time we would feel hungry, we allowed it to be a reminder for us just to pray. Every time we felt hungry, a reminder to pray. Every time we felt hunger, a reminder to say, God, I'm hungry for you or I really want to be more hungry for you. And then last Wednesday night, it was an epic night, Uh, packed out room in here. We gathered at six o'clock to break our fast. And I don't know about you, sometimes I like seeing people at their hungriest moment. Some people were hungry for God, some people were just hangry, and, uh, and so, you know, we've got these lines of food on the sides, condiments and stuff in the back, and, and we've got people that have like gotten their plate of food, they're waiting for the condiments, and, and people, like like full-blown grown-ups, just like standing in the line for the condiments, but they're like, I've got to eat my food even though I'm standing. And, it was, and I was like, that is some hunger right there. And it's like, anyone feels super hungry on Wednesday? And so, it was awesome. We broke our fast together, and then at 6.30, had a night of worship and prayer, we're we're gonna do that again this Wednesday. And if you were there last Wednesday, you know it was awesome and you'll be back. But if you didn't, weren't able to make it last Wednesday, come. It's gonna be a great time. Six o'clock, we'll break our fast. Uh, there'll be some great food provided. And then 6.30, we'll have a night of worship and prayer. And it'll be incredible. But really, it's this thing of asking God to do something fresh in us. And, and here's what I want you to understand. When we ask that, that we would experience more of God, that we would experience God more, know Him more, love Him more, that is this first step. It's this, this, it's, it's this first thing, but it never stops there. What we see with Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, what we see in the rest of the teachings of Jesus is love for God never stops with just love for God. It always changes every relationship. The more I know Him, experience Him, love Him, it's gonna change my relationship with him, but it's gonna change my relationship with every other person. The more I love God, the more I'm going to love people. And today I wanna talk to you, uh, I, I'm gonna do the first part of the message and, and then I'm gonna tag out and a couple more of our staff are gonna come up and then I'll come and wrap us up. But today we wanna talk to you about this whole idea of, of hungry to, to love well and hungry to, to be loved well. And, and, and here's the thing. We we live in a time that, that may be the whole idea of relationships, the whole idea of loving people and being loved, the whole idea of knowing people and being known, it may be more complex than at any time in human history and that and that we've never been more connected than we are right now. We've never been more, you you, the, the things we know about each other now if you were to know them about someone 30 years ago, you had to hire a private investigator. You see your friend today at church, like, hey, well, I saw you and, and, and the spouse went to Campo last night. How was it? And it's like, well, how do you know where I ate? It's like, well, you, you posted a picture of your food online. <laughs> and then now, so now you have apps where, where you can opt in to see your friend's location all the time. Now, I do that with my family and doing it with your friends, it either is awesome or creepy. I don't know. How many of you guys are able to see someone that you're not blood related to? You can see their location on your phone. It's really big with the teenagers. It's really big with stalkers. And uh, (laughs) it's, uh, but it's like, we know things about each other that we never, if we were going to know them 30 years ago, you had to hire someone to, to, to take pictures for you and tell you. And so we're more connected than ever. We know more about each other than ever, yet the data tells us that we're more lonely than ever. Let me share with you some data. In the last 50 years, rates of loneliness have doubled in the United States. In a survey of over 20,000 American adults, it was found that almost half of respondents reported feeling alone left out and isolated. Further, one in four Americans shared that they rarely feel understood. And one in five people believe that they rarely or never feel close to people so we 're more connected than ever, but when it comes to really being really known and really loved, when it comes to really really knowing other people and loving them well we 're saying we 're we're farther away than we 've ever been it 's just getting worse, and I think there are some very basic um, either of circumstantial or sociological reasons for some of of, of this. I, I think some of, some of this is, is certainly due to the internet and the way in which it 's changed relationships. Some of this is certainly due to just the changing nature of what families look like, with more people living alone, more people raising kids as single parents, more people living far away from extended family. Let me do this. Raise your hand if you moved away from extended family and came to Reno. Raise your hand. Like most of us, and it rhymes with Schmalifornia, and and so, uh, (laughs) except those of us from Texas, and so... uh, Go Cowboys, that's right. And so, uh, um, divisive topics, divisive topics. And so, uh, but it's the world's different it's not like you know we're we're living where where multiple generations have lived in the same place and, and and mom and dad are down the street and aunt and uncle are around the corner and and grandma is not too far away and so we have this kind of close family unit so the changing nature of the family the changing nature of technology these these basic circumstantial kinds of things the fact that less people just are a part of faith communities than than in the past is definitely a part of it and and, and I believe in The data would say that COVID has made all this worse. All the stats I shared with you about how the rates of loneliness have doubled in the last 50 years, those are are pre-COVID stats. The stats since COVID, since, since the, the time of, of, of time where we were able, unable to see each other and time where, of not able to see each other's faces and all these things, the, the data says that's only getting worse. And so we're in this complex moment where we're more connected than ever. We know more about each other. But so many of us don't really feel like anyone really knows us. Don't don't know if anyone really gets us. We, we're not really feeling like we're well known and well loved. We don't know how we're doing knowing others and loving them well. And and so I just shared some just very surface issues that I think are a part of the issue. But really, we want to dig a little deeper. Why are we feeling more lonely than ever? And so I've asked a couple on, of our of our staff team, the Longs, Brett Long and Lydia Long. Brett's our youth pastor and and. And Lydia is our pastor of adult ministries, oversees all... We can give it up for the longs, that's good. And so... uh, Here's why I asked these guys to do it. There are really three reasons. One is uh, if you've been at Life Church a long time, you've heard me give a talk like this twice a year, and I have nothing new to say about it. And... uh, so I was like, who else can do this? Um, uh, but, but the second reason is it's Lydia's job to help uh, people get in groups and build relationships. So I thought if she can't talk about it, we should get someone else to do that job. And, uh, uh, but the, the, the main reason is this. I've known, I've known each of these folks for a long time. I knew them uh, before they were married. And, and each of them, I would say their life in many ways, other than their relationship with Jesus, their, their life is just defined by how well they do this thing of community and Christ-centered relationships. The, uh, Sarge has always led his, the, the youth ministers. Brett is sometimes called Sarge. Sarge is sometimes called Brett. I go back and forth. It's not a multi multiple personality disorder thing <laughs> per se. And so uh, um, it's, uh, but, but he's always led his, his youth ministry teams through, through a great, con- just a real sense of, of team and connection and relationship and community. And, 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 and as he and Lydia have been married, this is really just is that really what their life's about. And, and so let's welcome them. I'm gonna come and wrap us up at the end, but let's welcome the Longs.
0: Well, some of our life group is in this service, so they probably have different opinions. So probably, They're not that great. Uh, I think, think
2: it's opposite, and they <laughs> love us. I'm the <laughs> prideful one here. Lydia wanted to come out and be humble, but yeah. I think it's okay that we're amazing at this, as Dave said. <laughs>
0: I think we've had amazing models and leaders of community in our lives. Like yeah. my parents have been amazing. They raised me in very community focused I think we both had really strong youth yep. group experiences in high school. I know yeah. you here with Dustin yeah, and Carrie. Dustin
2: Bobo was a huge part of my life, showing me what community looked yeah. like and really showing me that we need to love people well. So yeah.
0: Yeah. And then me, my youth leaders, Philip and Sarah, I still chat with them I'm from Idaho and they from, I remember meeting them in junior year of high school and it was just so fundamental to our youth group of community. and. Yep always being together throughout the week not just Sunday or Wednesday night or whatever and so i think we've had really good models oh yeah and then part of part of what we wanted to talk about today was giving you a picture of what we think Jesus <laughs> says about this what does scripture yep. say about this and 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 pastor davis you know brings up the question why we're asking why are we lonelier than ever and i think we've we've lost sight of some things we've lost sight of what scripture says about community mm-hmm. and we've lost sight of god's design for community okay. and we believe that community is a part of god's design from the very beginning until the very end so i'm going to give you a quick snapshot of the whole bible <laughs> in like 2 minutes are you ready okay I'm ready. ready. Sarge is ready. I'm ready. So um, you can turn your rivals to Genesis one twenty-six. Woo-hoo! We celebrate um, the hearing and teaching of God's word, and that's why we cheer. We just get excited about hearing this. And so um, the very first thing I want you to in scripture is that something about God's character and who God actually is himself. And in verse 26 says that God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Do you catch those words? We we believe that um, God is one and God is Trinity, which means God is also three distinct persons. And that's the most time I can spend on that today. I'm sorry, that's a huge can of worms. We're not gonna fully open. But the most important thing I want you to hear is that God in his very essence and his very being is community, that there's community in the Trinity and there's unity in that community. And so he, when he says, he has this, this is the only thing he seems to have a discussion about as he's creating, right? Before he creates man, this is the only thing he like has an internal dialogue about that we get to know about. And so he discusses within himself of we're gonna make, Adam, Adam. We're going to make man in our image. And so from the very get-go, what you should see here is that you were created out of community. You were designed. Your whole being is designed out of community. And then immediately we see um, Adam's created. And we don't have a strict timeline, but when I read Scripture, I feel like Adam's in the garden for like 23.2 minutes. And God says in Genesis 2, uh, 18, God says, it is not good that the man should be alone. So immediately, God is like, oh, this is not what I designed. This is not the way this is supposed to be. And then we have Eve. And so um, from the very get-go, we see this community piece. Through the rest of the Old Testament, community does not go away from our theme of Scripture. It's interwoven into this community group, this this people called Israel, that God interacts and works within the world through all of the Old Testament, through this community of Israel. Israel. And then we get to the New Testament and Jesus, Jesus comes and changes everything, but he doesn't change community. We see in his life through the gospel, as you read the gospels, yeah. everything Jesus does is community. I mean, we, we see some moments of silence and solitude, but. Jesus lives his whole life in community, so he models that for us. His death, resurrection, ascension all happen with community, with people witnessing. We have eyewitness accounts of all that stuff. And so in Acts 1.8, he's he's talking to a group as he's about to ascend. And he says, you will receive, that's you plural. He's, He's talking to multiple of them. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses to the end of the earth. And so Jesus is commissioning a community, not called Israel anymore, but now called the church, that he's still commissioning and calling us to operate, to just like yeah. God, work, work alongside God in interacting and working in this world, cultivating this world in a community called church. And then Revelation is our end cap of what, what life looks like um, after God redeems all things and makes all things new. And Revelation 21 talks about this holy city. It describes the new earth and the new uh, heavens being a place that is called New Jerusalem. It's a city. And so we're, we're what, what is in a city? <laughs> People. <laughs> so we're not escaping each other. There's not a point in our timeline of, of what God is doing yep. and working where we're going to escape each other, even when all things are redeemed and new, and God reverses the curse of Adam, and, and all thing is as it should be. We are still in a city living together, doing community together, worshiping God for eternity together. And so it is interwoven to how we are designed, what our future is. And so it's up to us to figure out how do we actually live this out? And so now that we kind of have the big picture, I gave you the really big picture (laughs) beginning (laughs) to end of of God's design for community. Uh, Brett, tell us about like, what does that look like for today right now?
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, thank you so much for summing up the whole Bible for us in a minute. That was great. You're
0: welcome.
2: Don't have to read it at all this year. So thank you. still, Still
0: read
3: your Bible. Um
2: so as as what he was saying, we we've kind of lost sight of God's design on community. We've kind of missed the mark on what it is to be in community. Um, as she talked about God, the three in one, I mean a lot of us aren't able to do that besides me with Brett and Sarge having conversations with ourselves. Oh, (laughs) gosh. Just kidding. That doesn't happen that often, okay? Um, But, man, we we miss this idea of being in real community, that we are called to be in community. We need one another. We we were designed that way. Um, I don't know about you. Some of you are like homebodies, and you really love your time alone. I can make it about a day. Yeah. And by day number two, if I'm not with new people, I get a little crazy. Yes. I bug Lydia enough <laughs> that she's like, please go away. Okay. No,
0: I say, go find your community. Go find yeah. your people. Yeah. yeah. She's
2: like, find someone else. <laughs> okay. but, but it's this idea that we need people. We, we need yeah. people in our lives. Um, I'll ju- just give you a quick verse. In Hebrews 10, verses 23 to, through 25, it says this. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering he who promised is faithful and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near that we need to meet together there's something in us that needs people we need someone to be alongside us someone to encourage us someone someone to push us someone to to lead us someone to help us when we're beat down someone there alongside us and that's this Idea of community is is we we need friends in our life. Those that will encourage. Um, as I was preparing this, I thought of a time um, that is not stressful at all. Is our wedding day, okay? <laughs> and if you've ever planned a wedding, it's so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. It's not stressful. Really easy. But we had great friends. We had great friends that walked alongside us at this moment that offered to help us. They were like, hey, what do you need? We can do it. On the day of the wedding, I was like, I'm gonna have to do everything. I'm gonna hook up the sound system. I'm gonna have to do this. And I was like, I don't know anything about this, but we had people like, hey, what do you need from us? We will do it. And that's community. That's what we're looking at now. As Dave was saying, man, people feel more alone than ever, whether they're in a Christian community or not, is we all need to pull together. It's not a time for us to go and be alone, but it's a time for us to come together, a time for us to love one another, a time for us to grow together, because we can do more together than we can alone. And so that's what we're kind of looking at today. Is. God's plan is for us to be together. Um, We're gonna talk a little bit more of how does this look like? What does this look like? So Lydia, what does it look like to be like in true community?
0: Yeah, I think for us, one of the big things that as we're thinking through community, the biggest piece for us is being known and and knowing other people. And so I think one of the fears as we're asking the question, why are we lonelier than ever? I think is we're terrified of being truly known. And I, it's really hard, there's different, I mean, you could already tell even just two people here, like our personalities are so different, like I'm analog, he's digital. <laughs> like He wants to always be with people, I've gotta have a break, you know? So so even just two people, we're, we have differences. And so add on eight, 10, 12 other people in your life group or just whoever you do life with, that gets very muddy really quick of our different quirks and personalities and the different ways that we handle conflict and the, our perspectives of the world. And so we have to be willing to grow in really knowing each other and allowing the other people in our life to really know us. And uh, for me, one of the scriptures, you know how there's like a scripture that just like kind of keeps coming back up for you like for months? Mine lately has been Mark 10. And and I think it speaks to what we're talking about today. Um, in Mark 10 at the end, um, verse 46, um, I'm gonna read this for you. It's about a man named Bartimaeus. And as I read, I want you to picture the crowd to really... Stay aware of what the crowd is doing as I read this aloud to you. So Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of God, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they, the crowd, called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And I think, did you hear the juxtaposition of the crowd? (laughs) I think at first they're uncomfortable with how Bartimaeus is reaching out to God, how he's calling out to God made them, I think, made them feel uncomfortable. And weird and awkward, and they didn't like the way that it was happening. So what did they do? <laughs> One of my favorite authors, um, Emily P. Freeman, she says this about this this passage. She says, "When Jesus heard that cry, he told the people to call Bartimaeus here near to him, and immediately their posture changed from shushing to ushering, urging Bartimaeus to stand up because Jesus was calling for him." And I've been thinking about that a lot of where in my life have I shushed people because it's made me uncomfortable or their personality is different or their quirk is weird. And I've kind of shushed them, maybe not actually like, but (laughs) you know what I mean? Like mentally, emotionally, or even with my time, I shush them with my calendar. I don't, I don't um, usher, right? So I'm even in a process of how do I move from shushing to ushering where I'm actually ushering people to the heart of. God and even in conflict that I'm ushering people when something is hard or we have conflict, I'm ushering both of us. I'm not shushing or pushing under the rug. I'm ushering both of us to the feet of Jesus and saying, let's go to Jesus with this. Let's resolve this. And so I'm not shushing, I'm ushering. And, and what we find too is when Bartimaeus comes to Jesus, Jesus is God. He knows what Bartimaeus wants. He knows that he wants his sight to be recovered, but Jesus doesn't immediately heal him. In front of the crowd, Jesus says to him, he asks him a question. What do you want me to do for you? And he allows Bartimaeus the chance to be known. In this crowd that probably sees him every day, they probably walk by him in the streets every day for years, we don't know. But um, these people that knew of him, like Pastor Dave was saying, we know of each other, we know things that we do or vacations we take. But Jesus asks the question, And he allows Bartimaeus to be known to his community, to his people. And he allows Bartimaeus the chance to say what he really wants, what his heart really desires, what his soul is longing for. And so I wonder if this might resonate with you, that there's something in your life that you're maybe shushing or even shushing yourself from allowing others to know you. And moving our posture, I pray that as Um, individuals, that we would move from shushing to ushering, that as life group leaders, we would be people that usher to the feet of Jesus, as a church, that as people call out in ways that might feel awkward or weird, that we wouldn't shush them, that we would just keep ushering them back to the heart of Jesus as a community, as a church, that that would be part of our culture here. And same with our life group leaders. Like, you saw the tables. I'm gonna be out there on the west side of the patio if you want help finding um, a group. And our groups are meant to help usher us to the heart of Jesus and to be places where we can really be known and really know each other. And I think we're gonna see so much come from that, that sense of knowing each other. But we have to create space for that. So what does that look like, Brett, for us to actually create the space to really be known and to know each other?
2: Yeah, yeah. So, man, as Lydia was saying, we we want to love and be loved. But for that, we need a place. We need space for that in our lives. Um, A lot of times, we're too busy to love well. We get so caught up in, in work or home life or whatever it is that we get distracted. We know we're supposed to love God. We know that. Grow our faith, man, press into the Bible, pray, worship, go to church on Sunday. But then... We miss out on the idea that we're now supposed to love one another. Um, In John 13, verse 34, um, Jesus says this. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Is we're supposed to love one another? We're supposed to care about the people around us. We're supposed to, man, get to know one another. We're supposed to have real relationships. We should know what's going on in our friends' lives. We're supposed to know their struggles. We're supposed to know their ups. We're supposed to know their downs. And it's this idea, though, that we get so caught up in our busyness of our lives. Man, I know work takes a lot of time. It takes a lot out of you, too. It's hard. Family stuff. Man, if you, if you have kids, you have sports, you have different distractions, it's hard now to invite someone else in. If you have other things going on, you're trying to do a house project, you're man, doing a yard project, you're doing all these things, and all of these things take up time, and we're always told to guard our time. I think what we're missing, though is time that we need to release to God to use. A time that we are giving to him to say, I want to love the people around me well. I want to show them that I care. So um, a lot of things that I, I look at is this idea that we need to give up a little bit of our time. Um, every Tuesday night is, is youth group. I have Tuesday, middle school, Wednesday, high school. And after every single Tuesday, I invite my team to go to dinner. A lot of people aren't able to make it every week because it's late. It's 9 p.m. when we go out to dinner. But there are people that come, and we hang out, and we have a good time. We talk. We joke. We live life together at that. Do I know that on Wednesday morning I am going to be exhausted? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and then I get up. I do Wednesday again. I stay up with high school students. And then if they do dinner, I do my best to go to dinner with them. Or I go with my team. or I do something. And then I'm out until 11 o'clock on Wednesday night. And then am I going to be a zombie on Thursday morning? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like I feel the bags on my face. Oh my and I'm like, this is hard.
0: But you have like the joy of the Lord in it. And it's, yes, you know, okay. Yes, okay. of course. Of
2: course. The joy. And I love it. It's, it's, it brings joy to me. But it's, it's hard. It's this idea though that I give up. Time for other people. Man, I, I, I open this space in my schedule. If someone wants to hang out, I open my schedule. If someone wants to do something, I'm, I'm, I want to be a part of what they're doing. Um, and I think that comes now for all of us is we need to open our schedules. We need to let people in. We need to look at ways to connect. If that's a coffee date going out of your way to add some extra time a week to invite someone maybe once a month or every other week to go get coffee with them. We do that. We're like, yeah, I wanna know my friends well. I wanna know the people around me well. If that's inviting another family to come do dinner with you, we do that. People love to get fed. That's true. <laughs> yes. Dave was talking okay. about that. We love that here at Life Church. And you're gonna
0: so, eat anyway. Yeah, you're gonna so eat anyway. Might as well invite someone so, into that. So yeah.
2: invite someone. But it's finding these ways. If you're doing a house project, invite people we just had some friends recently doing a house project and they invited our life me group.
0: yeah i have
2: oh. no skills <laughs> but i was there okay i am we really, brought tacos we did we, the food thing we did bring we tacos, tacos. Yeah. and then i was like you got this good job okay <laughs> but that's the idea is we are living life together. We're opening space. Whatever we're doing, we're inviting people to do it alongside us. Mm -hmm. It's not always just giving up time, but maybe it's inviting people in. That's how you make space. In 1 Peter 3, verse 8, it says this. Finally, all of you, have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil, reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. Is we're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to be in peace with one another. We're supposed to care about one another. And then bless the people around you. Let them be a part of what you're doing. Let you be a part of their lives. And that I think is what we should hunger for is to love and be loved. And we do that by opening up our time, opening up our lives, being real with one another. So I want us To do that as a church together. Mm -hmm. Um, Our life group was able to um, share a little bit about what community and, and living life means to them. So if you're able to, just check out this video.
0: Life groups have been really important to me because we've served in a lot of areas, but I needed a place where I could go and be in community and also be served. And that's where I've grown the most, and we've been in this life group for the last year. This is honestly probably the best year spiritually for me.
3: So much of what we believe about following Jesus just really has to be practiced and community and there's just so much that you get out of being with a small group in terms of being able to be vulnerable and being able to hold each other accountable and really pray for one another and have opportunities to serve one another. So it just gives us, you know, a special opportunity to really live the way we think Jesus wants us to live.
2: We're not alone in the struggles that we have. Um, we're,
0: we're all very open and honest about like what we're going through, and it's it's great to know that like we're not
2: the only ones, not many people in this group will hold back. They, uh, they're very honest about what they're going through.
3: We get here, and during the first part, we just
0: hang out and have some snacks together, and... We always laugh a ton. And And then we talk about the sermon and just kind of talk about life and just the challenges that, you know, each of us are walking through the highs, the lows. I would say my favorite time is a lot of times we'll break out guys and
3: girls to pray for one another and just kind of share what's on our heart. And I feel
0: like that's been a huge growing opportunity for me. It's really neat to see how every week, um, you know, God has like worked in that person's life or answered that prayer and just, you know, what all, you know, He's doing in all of our lives and just keeping that connection weekly.
2: It's not just, you know, go to church and forget what they said in the sermon and walk away and live your life. It's a in the week, you know, reminder of who I am and, and the people that I surround myself with, like really helped me to develop as a person and as a Christian too.
3: It's the kind of thing that the more you invest in it, the more you really get to see those relationships grow and the more you grow too and to just be open to to give yourself and and to even take a risk in sharing who you are to have the opportunity to grow
2: i absolutely think that you're missing out on the church as a whole if you're not in a life group
0: in the people in this life group i just feel like are my best friends i can rely on them and i just feel really well known and really well loved here and so i think that that's my biggest encouragement in getting into life group is just to build that community that happens outside of life group time as well and they're just there for you every day
1: Give it up for Brett and Lydia and their group. Yeah. So, this morning, I, I want to encourage you challenge you if you 're not yet in a life group, hundreds and hundreds of you are, are, are in a group that 's already continuing and, and, and a bunch of our groups are are full and and uh, but outside on the patio we, we have groups that have availability to join um, for this next round those groups will most of them will begin meeting uh, not this week but next week the week of the twenty ninth and here 's the reason we do it because Jesus makes it clear that 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 a giant part of the life of following Him is, is the way in which we love one another inside the family of God. Now we, we, we love how we love one another and in the church. So obviously, we love people outside the church and through word and deed as well. But but Jesus said it's the way in which we love one another as His followers is the biggest testimony to the truth that He is who He says He is. Now Jesus knows that when He says we love one another, it's tells us to love one another, that, that he knows if he doesn't clearly explain it, that we're going to think we're loving each other well when we're not. And so the New Testament is filled with all of these little one another phrases. I encourage you, whenever you read the, the New Testament and you, and you see something that ends in one another, just highlight it or, or make, a, make a little note. There's, there's dozens of these little one another phrases that all it's doing is explaining, here's what it really looks like to love one another. And so, like, serve one another, encourage one another one another, forgive one another, pray for one another, be hospitable to one another. There's all of these little one another phrases that are just explaining the big one another. Love one another another. And and at Life Church we believe that it's in life groups where what we do is we set aside a a, a time of the week or time every other week. We say, for this hour or two every week, I'm going to prioritize learning to love well. I'm going to prioritize what it means to live in Christ-centered community where we're growing in our our, our love for God, but we're also learning to love one another inside his family. And so if you're not yet in a group, I want to challenge you to join one. We've got all different kinds of groups. We've got groups that are just for men. Those are primarily located on the east side of the patio. We have a bunch of co-ed groups, primarily in that middle section. We have groups that are that are just for ladies. Those are primarily on the west side of the patio, my right here. We've got groups most every day of the week. We've got groups in the morning, groups in the daytime, groups at nighttime. We we have got groups that will work around, we've got groups that are that will work around almost any schedule you could possibly have. And here's the thing, you guys that are not yet in a group, you have this big question that's running through your head over and over again. What if I get there and it's weird? Am I stuck with these people for the rest of my life? Or do I have to craft a creative lie? Oh, my work schedule suddenly changed. I thought thought you were retired. Well, that's irrelevant. And so... uh, (laughs) You don't have to craft a lie. You don't have to just ghost the people and then just try to avoid them on Sunday morning. You don't have to go find a whole new church just to avoid those people. Sometimes people are weird. And so if you go to a group, you join a group, you go to it next week and you're like, hey, you know what? Nice people, but I feel like we're looking for something a little different. Just reach out to Lydia; her she will help you find a group that is the perfect fit for you. We want you to be in a group where you thrive. And, and so here's what's going to happen: some of you today are are, are going to go out there and join a group for the first time. And six months from now, or 18 months from now, or three years from now, you're gonna look back and say, you know what, We've, we, we have formed some of the greatest friendships of our whole life, and it all happened because on January 22nd, 2023, I stepped out of my comfort zone and joined a group. If you need help finding a group, uh, I, I'll, I'll be at the west side where I normally stand on the patio. Some of our staff team will be close by. If you come and find me or find one of them, we'll help point you the right direction if you shared with us the kind of group that you're looking for let me pray for you father we love you lord i pray these next few minutes god that uh lord some people just need a little little bit of courage a little bit of 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 uh just courage to take that step and, and go and meet someone they don't know yet and sign up for a group. Lord, I pray that you'd give courage where it's needed. And Lord, I pray that you'd guide people to the group that, that, that maybe you have some special things that you wanna do in their life through the friendships, through the time together, the community in that group. Lord, I pray that you'd guide people to the ideal group for them. Lord, I pray that we would look back in the months and years to come as hundreds of people have experienced here and and creating incredible relationships in a life group. I pray that would happen for hundreds more people this semester. And it's in Jesus name we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the Life Church Reno podcast. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this, and you can also find more information at lifechurchreno.com. Blessings to you.